Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. Now, uh, Jackie Lambie flagged a bit of a Senate fight on industrial relation changes. And to chat more, and we spoke to Jackie about that, of course, but I'm joined now by Matthew Pollock, uh, CEO of Master Builders Tasmania. Good to talk to you again, man. How are you? Good morning, Mike. Uh, what a pleasure. Tell me, how important is this message? Oh, look, it's extremely important. And, you know, some of the, the changes um, in the industrial relations landscape, particularly for the construction industry that are being proposed by the federal government, um, you know, will have far and wide-reaching impacts. And we hope, uh, well, we certainly support Senator Lambie and, uh, you know, other crossbench senators who have expressed some serious concerns with these moves. And, you know, we hope that the federal government does not try and rush these through, as they perhaps have suggested, and they spend the time to sit down and, you know, talk through some of the issues that Senator Lambie and her colleagues have. And her quote, obviously, was uh, said the government is bloody dreaming if it plans to push through the multi-employer bargaining before the end of the year, increasing the prospect of a drawn-out battle with um, industrial relations changes in the Senate. And there's also, she said, it's disgusting the way the government had stripped the building industry watchdog, the Australian Building and Construction Commission, of various powers ahead of its planned abolition. I agree with that. What are your thoughts? Well, look, the, well, look, the ABCC is a statutory body set up by Parliament. Um, and, you know, rather than go through the parliamentary process, um, you know, the, 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 the government has chosen to strip powers and resources out of the agency to limit its function. Um, mm. And, you know, we certainly support uh, Senator Lambie in her comments. Well, I mean, uh, also, uh, what about the, the coalition uh, pledging a block? They're going to block the push to allow employees to negotiate pay rises across multiple businesses um, because the government needs the support of the Greens plus one crossbencher in the Senate to pass the legislation. Um, you know, so a call from the union movement last week's uh, job summit as such. I mean, realistically, uh, this, the, is it a concern about strike action with unions? Well, look, it is. The, the details are not clear on what the federal government means when they refer to multi-employer bargaining or multi-employer agreements. You know, in the construction industry, you know, pattern agreements um, are a reasonably common feature. You know, they're something that all construction unions around the country have, and they use those in their enterprise bargaining negotiations currently um, under current legislation, which begs the question, well, well, what do these changes actually mean? Mm. Um, and, you know, if it does, you know, give powers to potentially, you know, undertake strike action across multiple employers, well, we know that, you know, experience of the past has shown that that can have far-ranging negative effects, you know, not just in sectors, but across the economy. Um, and, you know, particularly for the construction industry at the moment, that's just something that we can't afford. You know, we have, yeah. you know, in Tasmania, um, you know, we have an infrastructure pipeline of $27 billion to deliver over the next decade. You know, that type of unlawful industrial action would mean that that pipeline will be more expensive to deliver. You know, that means everyone pays more for that critical infrastructure. Um, and, you know, we also have 30,000 new homes that we need to deliver to keep pace with population growth and try and put some downward pressure on house prices and keep and keep oh. housing affordable. So, you know, it, it is it's the wrong time to be um, looking at this, and we have to tread very carefully. Make sure that any of these changes do not have 
negative effects, not just for the construction industry, but the economy more broadly. I can't agree more. Uh, but there is a debate still ongoing, isn't it? Coalition Industrial Relations spokeswoman Michaela Cash. Michaela Cash, is she moving, I believe, to block the removal of the building code? And that's being argued in the Senate. Uh, but, uh, you know, with the government winding back the many powers of the ABCC, now... Unions have criticised, they've said it's a politicised body installed by the coalition. I mean, do you agree with that? Well, look, I think it's important, Mike, to note that the ABCC was established because, um, you know, that the construction union has has proven itself over a very long period of time to behave in ways that are different to to other unions. And you could even say certain elements of the construction union. You know, they've... Since 2002, they've recorded over 2,200 breaches. Um, there's been $16.8 million in fines issued. There's been dozens of, of court cases and several federal judges that have noted that recidivist sort of, you know, unlawful activity of that particular union. That That is the reason why the ABCC was established. It's And, you know, th- those are undeniable facts. Um, I think the case is still there for the ABCC um, to remain. You know, it's unfortunate that we that we need the ABCC to, to keep, you know, or, or to try and, um, you know, fight that unlawful activity in the construction industry. But unfortunately, it's a, it's a fact of how the industry yeah. operates. Yeah, look, uh, I can't agree more again, Matthew. Shadow Treasurer Angus Taylor said the government's plan on multi-employer bargaining uh, he said it risks a return to the 1970s style spiralling inflation. Would you so agree with that? What we would, you know, what we would, you know, we would hope we don't see is that any changes to legislation mean that, you know, industrial action has an effect on productivity uh, and is potentially a risk to the, our economic recovery. Um, you know, we're still in the early stages of that. Um, construction has played a leading role in that over the last couple of years and will continue to play a leading role, um, you know, over the next decade. Uh, you know, it's now is not the time, um, to be risking, risking that recovery. And, you know, as much as we do need to do more, you know, I'll certainly agree yeah. that we do need to do more to, to make sure that we can, you know, sustain wages growth and, and make sure that we can keep up with living costs. But the way to do that is not to have an industrial landscape which potentially could increase industrial activity, and particularly, particularly unlawful industrial activity, which yeah. may actually have a negative impact on productivity growth. Yeah, you, you didn't touch on the word thuggery and all of that as well, but, uh, I mean, certainly there was a certain amount of that. But when you with this Jobs and Skills Summit, Matthew, the businesses got together with unions and they've actually, um, they used to be at loggerheads on the changes, but they've, they've now quite uh, a willingness to chat to each other from Jennifer Westacott, etc. Um, but, I mean, um, the unions have said they'll participate in similar conversations on changes to the better off overall test as well, which we know is the boot test. What are your thoughts oh, there? Look, I've... Are you there? Do that. There's some value to that. Sorry, can you hear me there, Mike? Yeah, can, I've got you there now. Yeah, it's just a cut off a little bit. Yeah, right. Sorry. Sorry. You're Look, right. I think there's some value to those discussions, absolutely. You know, but, you mm. know, making the uh, the better off overall test and, and, and generally the, the, um, the, the Fair Work Act um, easier to navigate and particularly the award system easier to navigate for businesses would be, would be welcomed. 
Um, so, you know, we certainly support that. Um, I would say that Master Builders does not support those, some of the discussions around multi-employer bargaining and particularly without the detail of how that legisl- legislation might look. Yeah, fair call. Tell us about um, TAFE. They're saying, OK, and we need to have people trained, let's face it, and federal, state and territory governments have all agreed to bring forward 180,000 free TAFE places uh, to next year in a bid to address skills shortages. But then you suddenly read uh, that Tasmania is having a tradie drought and it's reached crisis point. Well, it's very encouraging to see more support from the federal government into the vocational system. Um, you know, we know that yep. uh, that construction trades and occupations were right at the top of, a, of the list when it came to, you know, those skills and occupations um, in greatest demand or in greatest shortage. Um, so we know we need to do more in that space. Um, we would expect that, you know, of those 180,000 places, Quite a few will go to construction. Uh, you know, we oh, employ. Well, yeah, we employ more apprentices and trainees than any other industry. Um, in fact, more apprentices and trainees are employed in construction than mining, mag- manufacturing, and agriculture combined. So that's very encouraging, and something we'll certainly be working closely with both the federal and state state governments to deliver. But it was interesting, isn't it, when I was reading that um, as far as uh, when you do need um, sparkies as well when you're building a home, you've got uh, electrical apprentices on the northwest had their training block cut by TASTAFE for the rest of the year because one teacher quit. This is a major concern, isn't it? When you've got all this positive new 180, one teacher quits, so all the apprentices, uh, the sparkies, well, they can't go for the rest of the year. Well, look, it is, and it means that, you know, it, it's, it shows that it's challenging to, um, you know, to deliver that training in, in regional mm. You know, more resources will help that, uh, and we hope that, you know, some of, that, some of those commitments by the federal government, I'm sure, will be going to regional and remote areas so that we can, you know, invest more in our regions and make sure that we've got the, the capacity and the training system to grow the workforce to where we need it. Yeah, we need to, we, honestly, we need to, we need them trained up. We've got Skills Minister Felix Ellis, they put out the positive spin as they would, has said uh, Taz Tafe has recently recruited new electrotechnology trainers, increasing access to training for apprentices. But, you know, you hear about they've got them, but have we really... Um, Let's just hope that side of it works. Tell me in, in regard to um, supply, how are we going with the, the issue was at some stage there with builders having a lot of trouble with supply? Well, look, absolutely. And I think we spoke at length about this um, yeah. last time around. Um, you know, we're still certainly in the midst of, you know, supply shortages. Uh, you know, there's logistical challenges that have really, um, you know, extended further than people had anticipated um, that's a, a lasting legacy, unfortunately, of, of COVID and lockdowns, mm. you know, and the fact that building construction in particular, supply chains are, are, are very much interconnected and global. Um, you know, that being said, there are some positive signs. And, you know, if you speak, speaking to the supplies that we do regularly, you know, uh, production has increased uh, to meet that additional demand that we've seen over the last six months. We are seeing more product on shelves, which is great. Um, but these things take time and, you know, we expect to see, you know, a, a more of a moderation in, in sort of price growth um, 
thanks to you know those supply chains catching up towards the end of the year. So at least to look, there's a positive story, and the, the building, it's just incredible to see that even though there are other issues concerning the, the building and construction industry, that, that the amount of work for builders at the moment is astonishing, isn't it? Still to go, just to get the, just to get the houses up that are already planned. Well, it is, and, you know, the industry is still very much operating at or, or very near capacity. Mm. Uh, you know, we've had a housing boom over the last couple of years. Incredible. Uh, that's very much thanks to some stimulus through the through the COVID, COVID recovery years, uh, mm. both from the state and the federal government. You know, on, a, on the positive side, Mike, that's meant that we've built more new houses in Tasmania in the last two years than any other time in history, um, and that's fantastic. That means more first homeowners, more young families, able to you know build their own their own home and and benefit from all of the sort of the economic and and social wealth effects that that come with home ownership um but it has been challenging and you know that it stretched supply chains it certainly meant that we've seen a shortage in in trades and not all businesses unfortunately have come through unscathed um but we have i think overall um, you know, shouldered that responsibility and done quite a good job to meet the that additional demand that's come through those stimulus programs and also played a central role in our economic recovery over the last couple of years. Oh no, it is. It's, it's been great. Well, I honestly, I wish um, Master Builders the best of luck supporting the, uh, the the opposition to changes to the Australian Building and Construction Commission. We'll, we'll be watching that space fairly closely. But Matthew, as always, it's a great pleasure having a chat to you. Matthew Pollock, CEO of Master Builders Tasmania. Matt, thanks for your time again. Thanks, Mike. Anytime. Always a pleasure. Good to talk to you. It's uh, Tasmania Talks. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.